wanted to let you know that I've referred to this as January 11th. It's actually January 12th. Sorry about the mistake. Uh, Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Well, good morning. It is Friday, Friday, if you care. January 11th, 2024. Friday, January 11th, 2024. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Monday, Monday, Iowa's caucuses are happening. Uh, so uh, if you haven't guessed, uh, uh, there's not going to be a lot of news out right now because everybody's concentrating on that. Uh, you're probably going to hear a lot about that in the news this weekend about Monday's caucus. Um PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast, those four words, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Or you can say, hey, Google, hey, Alexa. You can say those things and say, play Political Views TV Podcast, and it will do it. I Can I just say how much I appreciate you? I really do. It's really nice for you to come every day. If you can, please bring someone with you today or this weekend. That would be awesome. And you can... Uh, tweet to me, X to me, whatever you want to call it to me, questions or insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly Twitter. If you want to argue with me, I'll argue for a while. I always say, arguing with with, uh, people who don't base their, uh, 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 their argument in facts is like uh, beating your head against the wall. It feels good for a while, but, you know, then you suddenly get a headache and you don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) Anyway, uh, let's start as we usually do with uh, the war in Ukraine. Uh, As President Vladimir Zelensky wrapped up his tour of Latvia, Lithuania and Estonia, the Ukrainian president said his country was grateful for already uh, delivered Patriot air defense systems, which without which it would be impossible to survive some attacks, but asked for more deliveries. He asked during a press conference in Latvia's capital, uh, Riga, how can you live and sleep peacefully if you have dozens of such systems? Uh, Latvia's president, Edgars Rinkovics, announced a new aid package, saying Riga will deliver artillery shells, anti-aircraft weapons, grenades, drones for Ukraine this year. Not a whole lot compared to the U.S., but as you know, the U.S. is dragging its feet because of Republican obstructionism. And we'll get to that obstructionism in a little bit. Switzerland and Ukraine will host peace, peace formula talks at Davos on Sunday. It is the latest in a series of meetings to rally support for Ukraine's peace plan. Uh, It will be the fourth of its kind and the biggest yet. I'm sure the U.S. will be there. On that airstrike earlier this week that we talked about, Ukraine's National Union of Journalists said Russian missile strikes on a hotel in Kharkiv amounted to the intimidation of media workers in order to limit the coverage of the war. Thirteen people were injured, including foreign nationalists. Uh, You know, we haven't heard from Russian, uh, former Russian President Dmitry Wackadoodle Medvedev in a while. I gave him that middle name. It's not his official, Wackadoodle, it's not his official middle name. Should be. 
Medvedev, now deputy chairman of Russia's Security Council, made comments in response to a visit by Prime Minister, uh, British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak uh, to Kyiv to announce an increase in military funding to help Ukraine purchase new military drones. Medvedev wrote on Telegram, I hope that our eternal enemies, the arrogant British, understand that deploying an official military contingent to Ukraine would be a declaration of war against our country. Can I just say... Where did that come from? What part of left field did that come out of? Because, yeah, nobody has ever suggested to put troops in Ukraine. Anyway, today, British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak visited Kyiv to announce an increase in military funding to help Ukraine purchase new military drones, including surveillance, long-range strikes, and sea drones. London has been one of Kyiv's closest allies during Russia's invasion, and Sunak said Britain would increase its support in the next financial year to 2.5 billion pounds, uh, which is 3.2 billion dollars approximately, a little bit less than that, an increase of uh, 200 million pounds on the previous two years. Sunak wrote on formerly Twitter, I am in Ukraine to deliver a simple message. Our support cannot and will not falter. Britain said it would provide the largest delivery of drones to Ukraine from any nation, with most of them expected to be manufactured in Britain. Sunak's office said that uh, said the um, two countries would also sign a UK-Ukraine uh, uh, agreement on security cooperation following uh, on, on uh, from an agreement by the group of seven nations to provide Ukraine with bilateral security assurances. Britain said the agreement formalizes a range of support the UK has been and will continue to provide for Ukraine's security, including intelligence sharing, cybersecurity, medical and military training, and defense industrial cooperations. Uh, Sunak said in a statement, we will stand with Ukraine in their darkest hours and in the better times to come. Antony Blinken, uh, you know, also 2.3 billion, or is that what it was? Yeah, I, a lot of money. Nothing like the $60 billion that we need to give them right now that Republicans are blocking. Can't repeat that enough. Antony Blinken, the U.S. Secretary of State, said that the U.S. has imposed sanctions on three Russian entities and one individual involved in the transfer and testing of North Korean uh, ballistic missiles for Russia's use against Ukraine. North Korea transfer of ballistic missiles to Russia supports Russia's war of aggression, increases the suffering of the Ukrainian people, and undermines the global non-proliferation regime. Regime? Regime? There is one really bad thing for North Korea, besides political, for giving arms to Russia for use in Ukraine. North Korean-made ballistic missiles could reveal crucial new information about the secretive nation's missile programs in the face of increasingly aggressive rhetoric for Pyongyang. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby said, Our information indicates that the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, which is the formal name for North Korea, recently provided Russia with ballistic missile launchers and several ballistic missiles. In a later statement, the U.S. said Russia's use 
of DPRK ballistic missiles in Ukraine also provides valuable uh, technical and military insights to the DPRK. Now, this is not just the building of missiles. This is how they fly, how they work. They're, they're watching all of this. So they want to they know what to expect. On the other end of tech, <clears throat> Russia is still obtaining large volumes of Western technology critical to its war in Ukraine, even as sanctions show some sign of taking hold. China, Hong Kong, Turkey, and the United Arab Emirates have been increasingly important in funneling critical components to Russia. According to new research, Western origin technologies still accounted for almost half of all Russian imports of critical components and highly high-priority battlefield goods in the first three quarters of 2023. That's according to research from Ukrainian think tank KSE Institute and the Yermak McFall International Working Group, which promotes sanctions against Russia. Such products are typically designed by companies headquartered in Western coalition countries, but manufactured and distributed abroad, often making their supply chains harder to police. And then, by the way, that's another problem with with. Um, uh, American companies sending uh, their uh, 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 building factories overseas, in, uh, overseas instead of here. That's another problem. Uh, between January and October 2023, Russian trade data shows it imported almost $9 billion worth of high-priority battlefield components, which Western authorities have uh, specifically sanctioned. <clears throat> Such goods include communications equipment, microchips, computer components, uh, bearings and transmission shafts and navigation and sensor devices, which can be used in a range of military equipment, in, uh, including drones, radios, uh, missiles, and armored vehicles. According to the new research, products originating from U.S. headquartered companies accounted for the second largest share of Russian imported battlefield goods and critical components, 19% after China. Uh, uh, given uh, the potential impact of sanctions and their clear failure in some cases western authorities must now do more to improve enforcement uh and that's according to the report's authors a little bit of coffee almost almost done with ukraine almost done did you guys have a good week really good week a senior Ukrainian presidential aide said on Friday he was confident that an amended bill seeking to tighten Ukraine's mobilization laws, uh, um, draft laws, I guess, would be passed in the coming days or weeks despite hitting setbacks this week. The bill amended after lawmakers and an analyst said some of its provisions violated the Constitution and carried corruption risks, uh, proposes making some categories of previously exempt men eligible for mobilization. And we talked about this. Bringing it down to 25. They should be bringing it down to 18. Uh, presidential advisor Mikhailo Podlyak told Ukrainian national television he was still confident the bill would pass. He said, I think that in several days, maximum weeks, the law will be voted through in the first and second reading. Uh, Podolyak uh, accused some lawmakers of playing politics at the, uh, a time of war and said they did not want to take unpopular decisions about mobilization. Uh, Boris ne uh, Nadezhian, a Russian uh, presidential hopeful 
opposing the war against Ukraine met yesterday with a group of soldiers' wives who are demanding that their husbands <clears throat> be discharged from the front lines. Is my voice cracking? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, anyway, the longtime critic, uh, Kremlin critic, is uh, collecting signatures to qualify to challenge President Vladimir Putin in the 15th to the 17th March vote. Nadezhdin, uh, who's uh, 60, year, uh, 60 years old, told the soldiers' wives that the war was a big mistake by Putin, of course, and the consequences will be grave. We want the soldiers simply to come back. Uh, Putin's supporters and opponents alike see his re-election as beyond doubt, given his total grip on power and the fact that his best-known opponent, Alexis Navalny, is serving jail terms totaling more than 30 years in an Arctic penal colony. Now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the world. It seems that Joe Biden doesn't seem to know how democracy is supposed to work. In the last month, he sent arms to Israel twice without congressional approval, a violation of the Constitution. Apparently in for a penny, in for a pound. Biden launched in coordination with American allies, but without congressional approval, blatantly unconstitutional and dangerous airstrikes in Yemen. The U.S. and the U.K. yesterday launched air and missile strikes on Yemen as part of the international effort to end Houthi rebels' attacks on Red Sea shipping. U.S. Representative Cory Bush uh, from Montana wrote on formerly Twitter, the people do not want more of our taxpayer dollars going to endless war and the killing of civilians. Stop the bombing and do better by us. The Biden administration said the airstrikes, which is uh, it characterized as a response to Houthi attacks on commercial shipping vessels in the Red Sea, hit more than 60 targets in Yemen. Administration officials reportedly briefed congressional leaders on its plans to bomb Yemen, but there was no formal authoriz authorization from lawmakers. While Article 1 of the Constitution only states that Congress has the power to declare war, there has been no formal declaration. The War Powers Resolution uh, Act of uh, 1973 seeks to constrain the president's ability to take unilateral military action. Granted, I'll say one thing for Biden. He already knows that he could not get the House Republicans on board for anything, that they are dysfunctional. So he had probably felt he had to do it. The um, War Powers uh, um, Resolution, the WPR of 1973, states that within 48 hours of military action, the president must deliver a report to Congress explaining the rationale and legal authority under which such an action was launched. The statute clarifies that the president can only take military action under three circumstances, a declaration of war, specific statutory authorization, or a national emergency created by attack upon the United States, its territories or possessions, or its armed forces. In a statement, U.S. President Joe Biden called the Yemen strikes defensive, signaling the administration's intention to invoke Article 2 of the Constitution 
as its legal foundation. Article 2 designates the president as commander-in-chief of the U.S. Armed Forces, and it has been used multiple by multiple administrations as a blank check for military action. The second day of proceedings in The Hague featuring Israel's oral arguments has already started. It may have already ended. It started with claims of self-defense, which would work maybe for the first day. Uh, Israeli air, land, and sea attacks since that day have killed more than 23,000 Palestinians in Gaza, not including those buried and dead in rubble. So let's call it 30,000. Over 50,000 have been wounded since that first day. In his opening remarks, Tal Becker has said calls for provisional measures for Israel to end fighting in Gaza cannot stand because it has the right to defend itself. Defending itself is one thing, attacking another entity is another. And, and then he repeated unfounded claims that South Africa is maintaining close ties with Hamas. Uh, okay. But let's say that's true. Let's say there are, there are ties with Hamas. Let, let's just say that. Remember what lawyers do. If they don't like the accusations, they will answer to something that has nothing to do with it. If South Africa is with Hamas, Israel still committed war crimes. In fact, in fact, if Hamas brought the charges against Israel, that would not mean they weren't true. They're still true. It has nothing to do with it. Becker called South Africa's case a libel, but did not address in detail the genocide claims that South Africa says Israel uh, Israel is carrying out in his war on Gaza and Palestinians, which has lasted more, uh, killed more than 23,000 Palestinians, the majority of them children and women, while also destroying what 80 to 90 percent of civilian infrastructure, including schools, universities, and hospitals. I'll be here for the next five hours if I continue writing about what's being said. But a quick, we'll, we'll give you a, a quick brief. There, there'll be more on Monday, I'm sure. Uh, Malcolm Shaw, professor of international law at the University of Leicester, uh, or, or Leicester, or I don't know how to pronounce that, uh, in the UK, is now laying out, uh, uh, has been laying out a legal defense for Israel against South Africa claims of genocide. Uh, Galt Reagan, acting director of the International Justice Division at Israel's uh, Justice Ministry, then spoke. She blamed Hamas for the high civilian toll in Gaza and asserted that Israel had not bombed hospitals. Well, we know that's not true. Christopher Staker, an international lawyer previously on the... I mean, uh, Hamas accidentally bombed allegedly accidentally bombed a hospital, but but certainly Israel has caused damage at hospitals. Uh, Christopher Stalker, an international lawyer uh, previously on the criminal tribunal for the former Yugoslavia, was Israel's fourth representative. He claimed Israel had facilitated humanitarian aid. But we all know that's a lie. Israel still blocks aid. And, and there's not nearly enough aid for people to live, to survive. They're trying to starve them to death. Galad Noam, 
Israel's Deputy Attorney General for International Affairs presented Israel's final argument. He uh, he argued against the use of provisional measures, listing several reasons, including that Hamas is considered a terrorist organization by Israel and other countries and uh, and had committed a large-scale terrorist attack. So, are you saying that since Hamas is a terrorist company that me a country or a, a terrorist organization that that means you can use terrorism also and you can murder 23,000 people minimum I don't see how Israel has any chance of fighting this from the Hague I there's no way I, how how is it possible oh Let's move on to the rest of the world. Uh, tomorrow is election day. Not here. Uh, that's, uh, uh, you know, that's Monday. That's, that's uh, in Iowa. Um, uh, in Taiwan, tomorrow is election day. The people of Taiwan will elect a new president. China has been exerting pressure on citizens to elect a more China-friendly leader. But whenever China puts more pressure... That makes the people of Taiwan more likely to not do what China wants. Chinese President Xi Jinping claims Taiwan belongs to China and he's vowed to assert control over it, leaving open the option of using force. In his 2024 New Year's address, he insisted that reunification after more than seven decades was a historical inevitability. At a meeting between presidents Biden and Xi in the U.S. last fall, the Chinese leader called Taiwan the biggest, most potentially dangerous issue in U.S.-China relations and said he would prefer a peaceful reunification, but again refused to rule out the use of force. All the parties advocate different advocate for different approaches to dealing with Beijing. The uh, Kuomintang Uh, favors dialogue and closer but unspecified ties with China in order to avoid a war, but none of the parties support a reunification that would see Taiwan swap its democracy for Beijing's one-party communist rule. That reflects the conviction of an overwhelming majority of Taiwanese people. China accused frontrunner Lai, L-A-I, and his DPP, Uh, which has governed Taiwan for the last eight years, of promoting separatist sentiment in Taiwan. No, duh, it's a separate country. If Lai wins, China's government warned yesterday that he would continue to follow the evil path of provoking independence, taking Taiwan even further away from peace and prosperity and even closer to war and decline. And that's the type of rhetoric that pushes the people of Taiwan away from China. While Xi Jinping has threatened to use force to reunify China and Taiwan, many dismiss the prospect while making it clear they would never accept being ruled by the authoritarian Chinese Communist Party. No matter which party wins, the Taiwanese will not be voting to trust in Xi Jinping. We will know more on Monday what happens Uh, The Biden administration doubled down on its support for Taiwan's democratic process ahead of the presidential election on the island. A senior Chinese liaison to Taiwan warned recently that Saturday's election would be a choice between peace 
and war. And you can bet there's going to be some jets uh, in Taiwan, uh, close to Taiwan airspace tomorrow. Watch it and see. Uh, Beijing has uh, also cautioned Washington not to get involved. Uh, and an unofficial delegation of Americans will travel to Taiwan's capital, Taipei, immediately after the election to reinforce its partnership with the island face-to-face. A senior administration official said, <clears throat> It is no secret that Beijing has a view on the outcome of the election and is trying to shape its course in various different ways. Uh, Lei ching the candidate for the incumbent Democratic Progressive Party is viewed as likely to maintain the status quo in relations with China and with the U.S., making him Beijing's least favorite choice. Taiwan has reported myriad attempts by the Chinese government to influence the election via disinformation campaigns, cyber attacks, and economic coercion. China has maintained military pressure on the island with hovering satellites, military aircrafts, ships, and balloons. China also revoked tax concessions for certain imports to Taiwan, claiming the island had violated parts of its trade agreement and extended a probe into the violations until January 12th, just before Taiwan's election. Oh, man. I, you know, every day I'm getting more scared, uh, afraid of war. I mean, uh, I mean, when I say war, I mean World War IV. World War III. We haven't done three yet. Uh, Speaker Mike Johnson from, you know, Louisiana. That's why he's so psycho. Uh, is facing intense pressure from the House. Uh, the House's most conservative lawmakers to back out of the spending agreement he struck with the Democrats to avert a government shutdown just days ago. Yesterday, a group of ultra-conservative GOP members met with Johnson. We're talking about the Freedom Caucus, the Freedom Party, uh, and his deputies in his office. Uh, Unlike previous closed-door meetings, Uh, They did not leave the speaker's suite frustrated with Republican leaders. Instead, the lawmakers told reporters Johnson is considering a new path that differs from the spending deal. I'm sure he's considering it, but he probably won't. Johnson said outside his office, we are having thoughtful conversation about funding options and priorities. We had a cross-section of members in today. We'll continue to have cross-sections of members in. And while all those conversations are going on, I've made no commitments. This likely means there will be no, uh, they, there will be a government shutdown. And, and you know what? When I, when I typed shutdown, uh, I, I had a typo. I uh, pressed I instead of you because, you know, they are right next to each other. I pressed I. So it's a government shutdown. <laughs> Unlike the government sh- shut down by Republicans in 2013, this is an election year. And it will show this voting populace that Republicans cannot govern. They are flailing with ridiculous investigations and legendary obstructionism and promoting uh, um, uh, uh, laws that will not pass. They will not pass the president. They will not pass the Senate. They have accomplished nothing. This Congress will be known as the do-nothing Congress, and there has already been a do-nothing Congress. House Democrats 
immediately criticized the possibility of Johnson abandoning the original deal, reacting to reports Johnson was considering uh, uh, reneging. Uh, House Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries, a Democrat of New York, said, There's nothing more to discuss, considering the spending numbers were already agreed to last summer between McCarthy and Biden. Like I said, it's basically the same deal, right? Um, Jeffries said, The New Deal will make clear that House Republicans are determined to shut down the government, crash the economy, and hurt the American people. These are individuals who don't want to govern. They do not know how to govern. And, and honestly, all they want to do is for campaign purposes, for political purposes, so they can get reelected. This is all they're doing. They're sending hate out there. They're trying to change the message. They're, of course, the message changed from the economy because the economy is starting to do well. Uh, you remember the first two years, they're economy, economy, economy. And now it's immigration, immigration, immigration. This is what they do to sow hate against the party in power. This is, this is politics 101. This is disinformation 101. We just went over the Cato Institute's thing on, on immigration. Right? Anyway. The New Deal. Oh, uh, I, I uh, heard American people. These are individuals who don't want to govern. They do not know how to govern. Representative Rosa DeLauro, a Democrat from Connecticut, the top Dem on the Appropriations Committee, said, What is it that they don't understand about governing and getting something done? They truly do want to shut the government down. And that's what they want to do. If the government shut down, it'll reflect on the president, even though he's not doing it. Oh, psyops. I'm so sick of it. Let's move on to something less appealing. Texas. <sighs> Texas. State officials this week abruptly blocked federal U.S. Border Patrol agents from entering and patrolling a public area in the border town of Eagle Pass, where they typically first encounter, encounter migrants who cross the Rio Grande illegally. After seizing control of Shelby Park and Eagle Pass, Texas National Guards units deployed by Republican Governor Greg Abbott have prevented Border Patrol agents from entering the area. This, this has got to be highly illegal. Uh, also yesterday, Texas state officials prevented Border Patrol boats from patrolling that area of the Rio Grande. Early today, in a filing with the Supreme Court, the Justice Department described the extraordinary standoff between Texas and federal government, citing testimony from local officials and photos. The Justice Department said Texas was using armed guardsmen and vehicles to deny Border Patrol agents and federal National Guard soldiers access to roughly two and a half miles of the U.S.-Mexico border. What are they going to do? Are they going to shoot? Are they going to shoot Border Patrol if they cross into that area? Really? The Justice Department said Texas's new actions demonstrate an escalation of the state's measures to block Border Patrol, uh, Patrol's ability to p patrol or even to surveil the border and be in a position to respond to emergencies. Eagle Pass Mayor Rolando Salinas said that the small city, which administers Shelby Park, did not give Texas state officials permission to take over the area. Salinas said yesterday, 
This is not something that we wanted. This is not something that we asked for as a city. Michael Perry, a spokesperson for the Texas Military Department, said the Texas National Guard has maintained a presence with security points and temporary barriers in Shelby Park since 2021. The current posture is to prepare to fu- for future illegal immigrant surges and to restrict access to organizations that perpetuate illegal immigrant crossings in the park and greater Eagle Pass area. The seizure of Shelby Park is the latest and most brazen effort by Texas state officials, specifically that moron Greg Abbott, to challenge the federal government's authority on immigration. Uh, We talked about the record-breaking temperature in the world for 2023. Let's add to that. 2023 was the hottest year on record overall in, you know, 125,000 years. Uh, was also the hottest year on record for the world's oceans. Remember those 100-degree temperatures in off of Florida and the Bahamas? In the water! The water was that hot. A study published yesterday uh, in uh, the uh, journal Advances in Atmospheric Sciences found that the upper 2,000 meters of the ocean warmed by 15 zettajoules in 2023 compared to 2022, according to one data set. To put that in perspective, the world's economy only requires, okay, this is 15 zettajoules of heat. The world's economy only requires half a zettajoule to run every year. That's a lot. The Chinese Academy of Sciences explained in a statement, 15 zettajoules would be enough to boil 2.3 billion Olympic-sized swimming pools or roast 260 trillion turkeys. That's how much heat, and let's not forget those 2.3 billion Olympic-sized pools, moisture added to the atmosphere. And, and we uh, talked about when oceans reach saturation, what will happen? We become Mercury, or do we become Venus? I forget. Which is our sister planet? Is it Venus? NOAA data set gave a lower increase of nine zettajoules, still, still 18 times what the entire world uses in energy. In addition, the paper documented a record rise in sea surface temperature. It was higher than uh, 2022's by 0.23 degrees centigrade, which is about a, uh, about a half degree Fahrenheit uh, for the entire year. And by what the authors called an astounding 0.3 degrees centigrade for the second half of the year. So it's going up that quickly. And let's also not forget the effect on our food systems and all the marine life dying, it does not look good. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we depend on, even if you don't eat fish, fish is in our system of, of foodstuffs for all, uh, for everything that, that we do. I, I mean, this is just really bad. We'll just say that. Anyway... Don't forget, it's Friday, so don't forget about the uh, um, Friday flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep. 
That's uh, when politicians throw something out there in the news cycle, hoping it'll, it'll disappear in the 24-hour news cycle uh, and not be there by Monday. They love to do it on Friday and Saturday. Uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Friday, January 11th, 2024. Friday, January 11th, 2024. Boy, do I appreciate you so much. Bring someone with you again today or this weekend. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. You can tweet to me or X to me. Questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly known as Twitter. And remember... Always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles. 